0: All right, here we go. So Rhino Nation, I'm really excited. I've been busy. I haven't been around the mic, um, but I got a really awesome guest today. I got Daryl on the line with us. He has been a digital marketer for over a decade. So a lot of you are going to want to listen without further ado. Daryl, what's up, brother? Josh, thanks for having me, my man. Glad to be on your show. Absolutely, man. So uh, tell me, man, you, uh, you've you been a digital
1: marketer for a, a decade now, huh? So yeah, we've actually had our digital marketing agency for uh, right around 10 years, but I actually entered the, the marketing space in my early 20s. I, I just turned 49 now. So I actually started uh, in marketing and sales as an entrepreneur as well in my early 20s, but I took to the internet around 2002. So I'm a I'm oh. A little bit old. I'm a little bit OG on this thing. Right? Uh, we, we need some
0: OGs. You know, it's not who you know, <laughs> it, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know, and that's for damn sure. I, I need to know
1: what the heck you're doing over here because you got it going man. on. Now it's been a journey, man. It's been a journey. Listen, I got tapped into the internet around 2002. At that time, I I was an, a loan officer at that time in the mortgage space. I, I went to college, got, got a degree in finance. I kind of thought I wanted to go in the, in the real estate lending industry. Oh, sorry I thought I wanted to go to wall Street let me let me back up um, I, I actually got my degree to go and become a portfolio manager portfolio um, analyst in on Wall Street but I had a child in my 20s before I got out of college and oh. so it sort of sh- it shifted those plans no it, it was yeah. all good it was all good yeah. but you know you, you got to make different decisions at 27 by the way I was on the eight-year college plan because I started a couple little businesses along the way but I finally get my degree I'm 27 now and I got a little little joke little Joker at home. He likes to eat three times a day. And I was like, you know, I had a decent career through college. I'm like, I don't know if I'm transitioning to Wall Street. But anyway, fast forward to transitioning to the lending industry around 2000 And I was cold calling and doing all the traditional, you know, traditional sales stuff, right? And I'm just like, there's gotta be a better way to grow faster. And then um I bought my first email marketing platform, which was A Weber, still around to this day. Um I'll take that back. It was get response. Um, get response was my first little email system. I built a 53 part email sequence uh, because I was finding myself saying the same things to the same, you know, to different people over and over. And over again, I'm like, man, I'm a solopreneur. I can't do this every day answering the same questions. So right. I put together this. Yeah, yeah. I just put together. This you learn how to get parts. systems already. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I, I, I actually spent seven, eight years, uh, 10 years almost totally in the Taco Bell system. So I came out of a franchise uh, restaurant system when I was a teenager, and that actually helped support me through college. So I got built into the idea of systems, as you probably know, the, the famous stories of McDonald's and how they run on you know average age of 17 or 18 year olds. And I was a product of that through Taco Bell. And so I became a general manager. And so everything about systems inside of that business uh, sort of Traveled with me through college and into entrepreneurship. So yeah, big big fan of systems. Love it uh, from from a scale standpoint and or from a leveraging standpoint. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, so journey. Yeah. So 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 uh, from uh, from the email early days, uh, direct response copywriting, built my first website, started building landing pages, got on social media 2006, which was on LinkedIn. Started my first YouTube channel 2007 uh, in the mortgage oof. space. Yeah, so I mean, there's some OG, then,
0: OG numbers, everybody. Go ahead and
1: recognize. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had a, a YouTube channel at one time. This was actually, you guys are probably, your audience probably uh, familiar with affiliate marketing to some degree.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, during 08, obviously, revenues tanked, uh, industry went sideways. Uh, I owned a mortgage company by this time uh, with, with some partners. Uh, we decided to shut it down. And so I ended up dabbling in some affiliate marketing at the time, built uh, part of that YouTube channel, part of a new YouTube channel. Uh, Josh, you, you were a personal trainer. We talked yeah, about it offline. Yeah, time. Trained, so I'm, trained on. I'm a big, yeah. So I was an athlete growing up. I'm a big time fitness guy, but I'm definitely not a personal trainer. But I did a little program called Insanity from Beachbody. Right. And de- and decided to uh, become an affiliate for Beachbody. Right. And it made
0: money for and, a while.
1: And I taped my videos. And so I just taped my workouts and, and my channel blew up. And I was, for a good while, I was making a, a nice passive income off of the fact that I was just showing my struggle through the workouts real life. And of course, today they call it blogging and all that other stuff. Right. But I was kind of, you know, I actually kind of made a mistake by not continuing to do it because it was actually a pretty decent uh, passive income. So. It could have been bigger at this point in time, huh? Certainly, certainly, certainly. Yeah. But yeah, so that's what we're up to. We started the agency.
0: So yeah, know, let's just, talk about that, right? So so what got you into digital marketing? I know you mentioned to me off off the mic that uh, you know you were all about the local space and now you're doing some bigger things but you know uh, how did how did you get into the digital marketing you know what tips you got about the local space and uh, you know where do you see your business going in the next five years
1: yeah so great question so in 2008 and 9 when the market in the real estate lending industry was suffering here in Vegas and we were sort of the epicenter of or we were considered one of the epicenters of, of the worst areas in the country uh, I'm still grinding through loans. We're still getting them done as hard as they were. And I was running across, I had a big uh, portfolio of business owners. And during that time, they're all telling me about, you know, they're still advertising in the phone book and, and radio and TV and how that stuff wasn't working. And it a, a trend started hitting me like none of them are using the internet. And I'm using the internet at that time, but religiously. So me and my business partner at the time, we were friends at the time. And about a year and a half, two later, we started this company called Yoko Local Internet Marketing with a desire to go out and help small businesses, mainstream, mom and pop, professional services, and help them grow and transition their businesses online. Because I think a lot of them thought the Internet and social media was just a fad, right? right. Some some people are in life are not early adopters. Some people need need um, justification, and they need to let the, the mainstream do it before they do it. And so some personalities are like that, but I've always been an early adopter to things. And being able to be intuitive enough to see trends, and so anyway, we got this company started uh, me, my business partner, and we had another partner early on who's no longer with us um, started off of a coffee table and said, "Okay, what does it look like to help companies rank their businesses online?" which is where my core my earliest part to digital when I really think about digital outside of email and, and paid ads was SEO. I became really good at SEO two thousand seven two thousand eight so we started doing local SEO web design and um, we grew the company, uh, you know, started working with local businesses, lawyers, doctors, CPAs, traditional companies, plumbers, salons, restaurants, I mean, you name it. And we got to 2013 and, and saw the local SEO space changing a bit. Yep. As you guys, pro- as you and your crew probably know, uh, Google's changing things, et cetera. And, and we don't own Google, we don't own any of these platforms that we help our clients market on, as you guys know. Um, we said, huh, and we helped grow some companies like from 500,000 to 2 million. Uh, we, I got more case studies than I could. I don't want to get into a long case study story, but we also found some problems with companies growing and breaking. And what I mean by that is when a company goes from 500 to a million in one year, they can probably do okay. When they go from 500 to a million and then another 800,000 next year, which we I can think of a case study they started having operational problems. They right. started having people, people Their problems, and, and scale. And scale became yeah, yeah. And scaling became a problem. We were getting fired not because we were doing, uh, but we were almost doing too good of a job. Right. And we were we were we were losing res- revenue, and so it, it isn't that we turned our back on local businesses. We do have a model for local businesses run, uh, but we said, okay, in the longevity of this of the team that we have and, and growing of our agency, how do we Start to go after bigger targets, bigger clients. And so we ended up a few times in some relationships with some really big companies, uh, names that I won't mention here, but you guys have seen them on TV and you may be holding one of their devices in your hand. And it is an Apple. Uh, so, so I'll narrow it down that way. Um, and we didn't like it. We didn't like working with those big companies. To be honest, they put us in a box. They put us, They. they, they were, we were more like digital virtual assistants to them. Right. Uh, That's we all weren't that able was. to. Yeah, we weren't able to execute strategy. We were just right. told what to do, and and we we're like, man, this sucks. It sucks. I mean, right. pardon me, I, I I didn't mean to drop that low. Um, right. it, it just we realized, yeah, we yeah we realized that a few years that that wasn't the model either. So we said, okay, where is the 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 upper small to mid level company, and where is that small local business that has a nationwide vision? So one of our best case studies is a a guy who was uh, running uh, an auto body shop, of all things, an auto body shop, a collision repair company. And he had a vision to open in multiple states. And so he was unlike anybody we'd worked with. And he joined our system. We grew his company. He ended up making Inc. Inc. 5,000 top SMBs in the the United States. For his category, I don't remember exactly what number. I'd have to go back and look at the report. Uh, But literally, he came to us around the $4 million mark. And he recently just sold his company and he's still with us because he sold the company. We don't have the exact figure, but we believe it was north of 30 from the information we re- we received. Um, and now he's gone to start his next venture. And he literally, even though he sold the company, we kind of partially got fired for three months until he launched his new venture and he rehired us again. So that's been those are the those are the kind of SMBs and the local businesses that we still like to look for and work right. with but but we are working with a little bit larger companies that have a little bit more national scope today.
0: Nice. Awesome. So, so, uh, h- how's your business looking like these days and where do you see digital marketing
1: <laughs> shifting in the next few years? So our company today, we actually, we've just hired our 10th full-time employee. Uh, we have, and you're talking, you know, you're talking, you're talking on land, you know, American employees here. Not only that, we're talking in Las Vegas. We have a belief that we're, so right now we've pivoted from. I mean, we we believe in outsourcing. We believe in the talent around the world. We we, we have talent in uh, the Philippines. We have talent in India. Um, we have talent in Australia. However, we we've decided to be careful because while it's it's a good cost savings, right. um, You you lack some control. You risk in, things. Yes, yes. Yeah, I know. I've seen it. So. So we're, we've decided to to really build the in house corporate teams. Beautiful. When you come work for our com- come to the company today, you have to you have to be available to work in Las Vegas. It isn't that we don't believe in virtual work. We do, uh, but we're building our corporate teams. We just hired our tenth person, uh, starts on Monday, who's going to lead our paid ads division. We're getting really aggressive about paid media. Um, and where do we go in the future? So we're a HubSpot agency, which means we have partnered with HubSpot, which is the big marketing automation and uh, service platform. We uh, tied to them about three years ago as a core technology platform because we were finding ourselves learning everybody's platforms and everybody's technology and everybody came to us with a different tech mix. And it became tough trying to scale the business because I had to keep hiring talent who knew that tech or I had to get my talent who was there to stop what they were doing and learn the tech. So we said, listen, we're gonna make a strategic decision. Who is it gonna be? We tried three or four other companies and we landed on HubSpot. Uh, Though HubSpot was the most pricey, (laughs) um, we have never been more happy with our partnership with HubSpot, and it's been fantastic. So going forward, we're going to continue to uh, evolve as things do. Our clients typically rely on us to lead the thinking around digital. So our best clients don't want to think about it, to be honest. (laughs) You probably know that Uh, they want to go do what they do best. And so they're leaving the thinking to us. And then we're collaborating very closely on the execution and the transition. I think one of the biggest things changing in the industry today, and it's going to be a sticking point for a lot of business owners and professional service providers and B2B companies, even SaaS. And that is a lot yeah. of these businesses and brands are going to have to get out from behind the logo and the product and the service and start putting a human face element to it. And so what we're seeing is we're we're starting to invest in podcasting. Josh, that's how we met, of course. right? Uh, Podcast. We're we're starting to tell business owners and professionals and entrepreneurs that, look, take your expertise and stop just sharing it one-on-one with your prospects who come in your store or your medical practice or your CPA firm, but you're going to have to start getting your expertise out of your head and on a microphone or in front of a camera because that's going to be the level of authenticity that's going to be able to attract people to you. We we find that in Josh, I know your crew is heavy in the local lead gen space. At the end of the day, the uh, pages that we rank on Google can only go so far in certain regards. Right. Because, you know, so it's just like, so we're working closely with the business owners and the leaders of the company, the the, uh, the marketing team. So we're really encouraging the transition of uh, FaceTime in terms of the marketing that ties back into the SEO, the core messaging, the copywriting, the conversion path etc so that's a big challenge for uh we're working through that and and trying to be ahead of the curve there so even with our local businesses a lot of our attorneys and doctors were like look choose podcast or video but you're going to have to make the investment one or the other
0: nice nice awesome yeah so you do a podcast let's talk about your podcast real quick introduce your podcast and let them know what's up
1: yeah thanks for that i really appreciate it um so for the last 20 some odd years, since my early 20s, so it's probably 27 years, I early, early on went to a Tony Robbins uh, event, got exposed to his book, Personal Power, Awaken the Giant Within. And in my upbringing, we grew up, uh, it, it, you know, I don't know if your audience is spiritually based or whatever, but I grew up in a, in a, in a religious family. And, and so that was always there. But when you run off as an entrepreneur, it, it's funny how the circle of uh understanding changes like for me i was the first entrepreneur in my family and i didn't have entrepreneurial friends so i found myself struggling to find people that could understand what i was going through and i'm sure your audience can understand that so for the years uh, i've spent my time mostly if i'm driving to appointments or back then of course before the internet everything was on the ground Uh, i just found myself gravitating to personal development tapes cds reading tons of books And so recently, I've launched, uh, started to want to share the things, the insights I've learned along my 30-year journey. And so I launched a podcast called the Mindshift Podcast. And it really examines, uh, first of all, it's mostly an interview podcast, at least right now, it's a mostly interview podcast where I interview people that I've learned over my 30 years of entrepreneurship, marketing, leadership, and sales. And I bring them on the show and we generally examine two paths in life that most of us take, whether you're in any of those genres or not. And that is the path from inspiration to realization. And what does it take to take an idea and make it reality? You know, for me, I was 40 some odd pounds overweight and I've been struggling and I've been going a little bit through depression. Uh, again, as I mentioned, in 2008 market crash, we had to shut our company down and you know, I put on a bunch of weight and this and that went through a divorce and bankruptcy. And so what do you do when you put an idea together and it works? What does it take to go from idea to inspiration? And then what do you do when life knocks you down? and you have to pivot, and you have to come from a point of breakdown to breakthrough. So those are the two main paradigms that we spend time on the show. Uh, We just got the show launched. We just did our 10th or 11th episode. I think 11 is coming up. And then I'm going to start a teaching module uh, called Mindshift Mondays, which is going to be a Facebook and Instagram Live that will then also be repurposed to uh, part of uh, the podcast as well. So really exciting project. As with anything, it's one of the it, it. I'm using the same kind of principles of inspiration and realization. So I got inspired by the idea. I actually shelved it for about a year or two, and I uh, was at a seminar with Brendan Bouchard in March, and he literally called me out on it. So I was like, okay. So I, I put the landing page up that night. Uh, <laughs> I lost <it. laughs> launched the show recently and. Uh, you know, now I'm just grinding through the daily core disciplines to to grow the show. And then one day, I guess, they'll look like an overnight success.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. Absolutely. I mean, that's really exciting. And I know that the listeners that listen to my podcast are definitely going to be interested in following your journey, um, because you've got age on us, brother, and we appreciate your <laughs> wisdom.
1: I appreciate that. Yeah, I've got a lot of lessons, a lot of uh, Listen, it hasn't been pretty. And I think that's the message. It it isn't pretty. Uh, When you're chasing your goals, when you're chasing your dreams. uh, I I played sports growing up, and I'm not sure if if this resonates, but I'm sure it does. Everyone sees you in your glory. Like you can gloss by my Facebook page and see 27,000 fans or whatever the number is, 20,000 on Twitter and whatever. You can see the motivational quotes, and you can listen to the show. But at the end of the day, I fail daily. And not only that, I welcome it. Like I feel like failure. Uh, one of my core messages is failure isn't your identity; it's an outcome. And so, we've all gone through our challenges. We've all—I mean, some of us have battled things that that others haven't. But in all of our journeys, we're going to face adversity and have to uh, overcome obstacles. And the challenge that I find with a lot of my journey with people that have struggled when they face those journeys is they associate themselves with the outcome as their identity. you know. Just yesterday, I had a young lady who's on my team. She's one of my leaders in my company. She's uh, gonna be taking a role over uh, that's a really important senior leadership role for our company. And she had her very first meeting with a very difficult situation with a client. And and I say difficult because the personality was difficult. The issue wasn't difficult, but his personality was difficult and she's a younger um, female leader. And so she hasn't been confronted with uh, customer facing situations like this. And she sat in with my business partner and she literally, we sat and had a regress meeting yesterday and she said, I I felt like a failure. And I said, whoa, I said, why did you feel that way? And she she gave me her three reasons. Well, I had these objectives when I went to the meeting and I don't feel like we accomplished those. And I said, well, that's the truth of the matter. You had three objectives that you wanted to accomplish. And you left the meeting feeling like those three objectives didn't get accomplished. That outcome is what the truth is, but you are not the outcome. So when I talked to her about that, she felt lifted. She was even questioning whether she was good for this role or not after that one meeting. And so part of the Mindship podcast is just to remind people. Uh, we talk about these kinds of stories and more. It's Just to remind people that you are not the outcome. You're, and part of my core message is your, your identity is not based in the outcome. Like I've had a great career. I've had good ups. I've had bad downs, but that doesn't change the character of who I am.
0: I love it, man. This is, you know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, people come into people's circles for a reason. And I personally started this podcast uh, maybe two weeks ago, maybe three mm-hmm. weeks ago, to be honest with you, we've got mm-hmm. over 200 plays, I've done maybe a dozen or 14 uh, podcasts thus far. Um, But I think my most exciting process thus far is being able to connect with people like yourself because I want these lessons before I have to deal with this stuff. You know, not saying that I'm not going to deal with this or I'm afraid of failure. I'm definitely not afraid of failure. I've been feeling that way my whole damn life. But it's, it's a matter of, he's already, he's already got screwed there. Don't get burned, you know, mm, and, yeah. and, and dip set and some of that stuff. And I'm really excited to go through your podcast in, in the next couple of days here. Um, and, 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 and I, I definitely want to help you in any way building out your, um, podcast. I would love to be an interview of a sort. Um, because, Absolutely. because I just, I just love uh, personal development. Myself, I I need to do more of it myself. We all need to do more of it for ourselves. Um, but it's 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 what makes the difference between someone who's really going to charge through those situations and those emotions and those downs. Um, that's really going to enjoy when the ups are there.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And one thing you and I share in common, though we just met a little while ago. And, and we connected when I saw your brand, and I asked you about the Rhino, uh, Rhinoceros Success Book, and then we talked offline about not only do you, have you read the book, you know the the writer. Yeah, <laughs> I Scott, fired Scott, up, Scott, like, to yeah. Scott
0: Alexander. He he yeah. uh, is an awesome dude, yeah. and uh, yeah, I've I've been watching him for a while.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting how, like you said, the world brings people together because the person who introduced that book to me was my early, early sales mentor in the mortgage industry. His name is Shane Watson. And Shane and I, uh, you know, he went a different way after the industry as I did. And he's in Austin, Texas. He actually just posted something about Right Nostra's success. And he tagged uh, 12, 15, 17 of us that were in the company at the time. We had 150 loan officers back then when we were first getting started. And he had just started this company. And he just tagged about 17 of us almost a day or two later or before you and I connected. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting that Shane brought that reminder to my Facebook feed. And then you and I crossed paths inside of that Facebook group. So it is very interesting how the world comes together and people get connected. So I really appreciate you reaching out and, and us establishing this connection. Um, the run Success book is fantastic. It's a short, easy read. But it's very interesting in concept. Because while rhinoceros success, that whole two inch thick skin mentality, I'm like super sensitive. Like, yeah. I, got, you know, I mean? I'm like we're all sensitive. sensitive. <laughs> we just got to get there, you know? Yeah. But it takes time. You just right. have to keep building the muscle. So right, right, Josh, right. It's, been a, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Being we're definitely going to do this
0: again. I got some awesome notes that I'm going to share with, uh, with our listeners. I'm definitely going to link up uh, your podcast. And I'm really excited to talk to you some more because I've got a lot on my
1: mind at this point in time. Reach out anytime, man. It's been a pleasure. And uh, you can find everything and link up our show. We're at the, I just want to give one small caveat. We're the Get Mind it. Shift Podcast. There's another show on NPR that's called Mind Shift Podcast, just in case. So your audience. The Mind it. Shift Podcast. <laughs> Get it right. The <laughs> Mind Shift Podcast. Get it right. All right. Oh but course. I'll make sure Thanks, they got Josh. the
0: right link. Thanks, Josh. You're All great. right. You're, you're amazing, my man. Hey, fire it up. Charge hard.